Hi, I'm Dr. Divina Lopez, a board-certified pediatrician with over 10 years of experience in pediatrics, and you are listening to Dancing into Parenthood. Hi, I'm Dr. Divina Lopez, a board-certified pediatrician in the New York and New Jersey area, and today we're speaking with Dr. Aura Ardon, who is my friend from medical school. She is a psychiatrist. She was born in Guatemala City and is a graduate of Marymount College, a women's college in Tarrytown, New York. She obtained her medical degree from Ross University School of Medicine in Dominica. Her residencies were at Cabrini Medical Center, an affiliate of Mount Sinai in New York City and Westchester Medical Center in Valhalla, New York. Dr. Arden completed her training with a fellowship in child and adolescent psychiatry at Yale Medical School at the Child Study Center in New Haven, Connecticut. She has 10 years of experience working with adults, adolescents, and children in all areas of mental health, ranging from mood disorder, psychosis, ADHD, anxiety, to substance abuse. She has served as a medical director for New Milford Hospital in New Milford, Connecticut, and as an attending psychiatrist at Danbury Hospital and Family and Children's Aid, both in Danbury, Connecticut. She served as an attending psychiatrist in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. She also was an attending at St. Mary's Hospital in Waterbury, Connecticut, and she currently has a private practice in Connecticut as well. She is fluent in English and Spanish, and she resides in New Fairfield, Connecticut. She is a mother of two, well, not little boys. She has a big guy and she has a little guy, and today we're going to be discussing postpartum depression. Welcome, Aura. Thank you, Divina. I'm glad to be here and um, going through this topic, which is very important for every woman and their families. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, we have all, as mothers, um, have gone through transitions in motherhood, and you know, this is such an important topic for us to speak about because I think even myself, um, I really had a little bit of a challenge um, with some postpartum depression or maybe even just baby blues, but I didn't even realize it until much later. I mean, really years later after having my son, um, maybe because I was a medical professional and I was in denial and, you know, in some sort of way, or um, maybe also because my personality is just to kind of take everything on and keep pushing through no matter what I'm going through. And I'm also a person who doesn't share things that easily. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of those women that thinks that I can handle it all on my own. So I think I struggled through that period of time and I'm sure that many moms, especially new moms, go through this themselves. Yeah, I, I think a lot of women don't wanna discuss a lot of the feelings they have after given birth or even before because there is not only baby blues but now we also know that there is a period that we call peripartum mm -hmm. depression mm -hmm. which women start having depression when they are pregnant and it can continue after they deliver and if that happens they usually have to get treatment either uh, individual therapy or talk therapy 
or mm -hmm. medication. Mm -hmm. Because if that continues during pregnancy, women have a risk of low weight, um, what is it, babies having low weight. Low weight, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, uh -huh. Or uh, abortions or premature mm -hmm. um, delivers, which mm -hmm. later on in the future affects the baby also. Okay. Um, and then when we talk about baby blues, I think it's probably between 70 and 80% of women that go through pregnancy and delivering a baby have baby blues. The difference between baby blues, depression, or even psychosis is that baby blues is only lasts a couple of weeks and it's mm -hmm. not as severe as going into depression because after two weeks, women usually go back to their normal being, enjoying uh, what they're doing on a daily basis, enjoying being a mother. They don't mm -hmm. feel guilty mm -hmm. for um, feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. But if those symptoms get worse and is after two weeks, then then that is no longer baby blues. It becomes more as a depression at this point. And mm -hmm. at that point, we call it, uh, yes, we call it postpartum depression, but basically it's major depression disorder with postpartum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and can you talk about what are some of the signs of postpartum depression? Um, if the symptoms of feeling sad continues after two weeks, most some of the symptoms are feeling hopeless, helpless, difficulty sleeping, mm -hmm. um, although difficulty sleeping uh, is also contributing because a lot of times babies are waking up every couple of hours for mm -hmm. feeding, that also doesn't help. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about difficulty sleeping is that even when the baby is sleeping, the mother is not able to sleep right. um, during the day mm -hmm. and that can cause those problems. Crying for no reasons, um, feeling very anxious, uh, either in, in general for everything or anxious about the baby. Uh, at times they also get angry and irritable mm -hmm. and a lot of times they don't understand why they feel angry and upset. Right. But also they have these feelings of guilty right why do i feel this way right i should be happy i have a new right. baby right and then that whole cycle gets them into getting more depressed uh, and it's a, a combination of a lot of different things right um also you know i i i totally understand that whole like guilty part of it because you want to enjoy that period of time with your newborn and you feel um like you're not taking advantage of having that joy in your life and then that almost like backfires on you but um what or who is at risk for getting postpartum depression i think every woman at least 10 to 15 percent of the general population are at risk of postpartum depression women that are at increased risk of postpartum depression are women that had already some type of mental health issues before mm -hmm. um, or even during their pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Also women that have family history of mental illness, right. um, either depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, then women are at risk of, um, of postpartum depression. Okay. 
Um, so are those women usually screened a little more um, like during their prenatal period by the OBGYN or is it usually like a, a therapist or a psychiatrist who's also seeing them at that time? No, now I, I believe it's starting in 2010, there mm -hmm. is a recommendation mm -hmm. that every uh, pregnant woman gets mm -hmm. screened for mm -hmm. peripartum depression mm -hmm. and uh, postpartum depression and psychosis because of the high incidence of baby blues and then continue into depression that now we want to make sure that women get the right treatment mm -hmm. and and also it is important for uh, women to be very open and not feel ashamed mm -hmm. that they are feeling down because for a lot of women I you know even myself we think uh, well this should be a time in our lives that we should be happy mm -hmm. and but that makes them feel ashamed why not feeling happy or right. energetic right right well it's really overwhelming a lot of things are going on hormonally in your body and you're adjusting to that and then having a new person to care for on top of all the responsibilities that you already have um can be really challenging um so i always feel like the sleep deprivation just adds to it and even though you're trying to like handle everything um those sort of feelings of like feeling overwhelmed and guilty and maybe if you don't have the support that you need you know that just makes things really challenging um for the mothers and a lot of times they are so afraid to even talk about it because they they see things on social media of like women handling it all looking so perfect you know the weight comes off with some of the other women and they're taking these fabulous pictures and they look so happy with their newborns and sometimes i think like social media can even add to it in a way because we want to have these beautiful looking lives and unfortunately that's not the reality of it like for example when we saw um you know the prince and the princess just recently you know they had their baby and they came out of the hospital looking picture perfect like models i mean that's just not the reality of what having a baby and coming out of the hospital looks like you know usually it's it's really messy you're you you know you're lucky if you have your hair pulled back in a in a neat ponytail you just you know it, the reality is that it's it's overwhelming that you um want to take care of yourself in the same way but you don't have the time to do it and then your time is is shifted over to the baby and you're just like figuring it out so i think it's normal for women to accept that the first few weeks are going to be um really kind of messy and that's normal um because i i feel like there's so much pressure these days for things to look so good um when that's just not the reality perfect yeah and, and the thing is uh that is not only the look outside, mm -hmm. but internally the mm -hmm. woman is going through a lot of changes hormonally. Right. And that is also why the high percentage of women between 70 and 80% have mm -hmm. the baby blues mm -hmm. because our hormones are really up and down. Yeah. Um, the thyroid, which is very important mm -hmm. in our mood also, sometimes mm -hmm. is not stable yet. Mm -hmm. and, and those are things that when they get a screen, it is important for their um, care provider to check for thyroid. Right, to rule that out. Uh, yes, to rule mm -hmm. out any uh, 
endocrinological problems that may contribute into the symptoms of depression. Right, right. Um, okay, so how is postpartum depression treated? There are a few um, treatments and it can be either individual or a combination of things. Sometimes it's only individual therapy, going to talk therapy that will help women to kind of make some changes at home and mm -hmm. also their partners or mm -hmm. their families to help them. So they will bring the family into the treatment to help them around. Okay. And then it is also medications. Usually the antidepressant medications are the first line of choice that we use for, for postpartum depression. And uh, but it, very important is to have support, right? And and the family being being on board. a part of the treatment. Yes, mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes a combination of both mm -hmm. therapy or talk therapy and mm -hmm. medication is the best type of treatment for some women. Right. And then we also talk to the family too, and also help women to be able to be more open with their families and ask for help. Because as women, sometimes we think that we can handle everything mm -hmm. and anything, mm -hmm. and we don't want to ask for help. Yeah. Or a lot of times, also culturally. Yes. Uh, culturally, we yes. feel well. The woman is the one that needs to get up in the middle of the yes. night and feed the baby and do everything. Mm -hmm. So we all get sleep deprivation right. because of that. When it's it's a whole family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Treatment. It, yeah, because just like they say, it takes a village to raise a child. And, and I really believe that. I think, you know, that's part of the reason why I wanted to even start these podcasts was because I felt like so women individually were going through these things and not talking about it. And, you know, just sharing your stories, um, you know, can really console another woman and understand like, okay, this is just part of the process. Um, how can I reach out to others? What did they do? How do I get more support in helping me go through this transition in life um, so that you can overcome it in a really good way and getting that um, support that you need from family, from friends. And maybe it's not even from your own family and friends, but maybe you can find it in another community of mothers who understand what you're going through. And, you know, sometimes just knowing that makes you feel um, a lot better, helps that guilt go away or that anxiety because, you know, it being a mom is just so much to take on all at once. There's so many changes going on at once as a new mother, especially. And so um, as you're figuring it out, understanding that other women feel the same way is really comforting. Um, so that was part of, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to start these podcasts to have a community of women together so that we can honestly speak about what motherhood is. It can be thrilling and wonderful and you know it's a gift and it's a blessing but at the same time there's a lot of the i don't want to say crippling parts but there's a lot of it, times when you feel a little isolated and it's because you feel that guilt or the anxiety about what is actually going on about your life no longer just being focused on you or your partner it's like you your partner and now the new family that that you're creating I'm glad that you're doing this because mental health, a lot of times we don't get to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And even when the screening uh, techniques are, are given to patients in the primary care, uh, a lot of times women feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. being open. And I yes. think being open and honest and don't see uh, mental health or... Uh, 
feeling depressed as a, a stigma is very important. Yes, uh, yeah. And because it is very, uh, it is something that is treatable. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to treat. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't get treated, then we have uh, more problems. For example, if postpartum depression doesn't get treated, sometimes women start having suicidal thoughts. Right. Unfortunately, sometimes uh, they have been cases where mothers have um, killed their babies. Mm-hmm. And it's because mm-hmm. they, uh, their symptoms are getting worse. Right. And then sometimes we also... Um, need to take into consideration psychosis. Right. And uh, a lot of times we talk about postpartum depression, but we leave out postpartum psychosis, which postpartum psychosis also can happen even, you know, the first day after giving birth, up to one year. Uh Uh, And that is a little bit different than just depression. Women start being more disorganized. They Mm. get paranoid, think that, um, somebody's going to come to their homes and mm. do something to them. The, their families start noticing, well, something is not right here. Right. It? Um, and that's when a lot of times women go and see a psychiatrist is when the symptoms are really bad or worse, that families start noticing. Right. But when they are just depression, a lot of times the family don't, don't notice that mm-hmm. and women don't talk about it. Yes, yeah. And uh, so it is important. I'm glad that you're doing this so we can get uh, uh, women to get the help they need. Mm-hmm. And, and there are a lot of different things, not only medication or therapy, but involving um, the family, like I said, yeah. in knowing the signs of what is depression, what is uh, uh, baby blues. So again, baby blues only last two weeks. Right. After that, women bounce right back to right. their normal life, kind of right. enjoying things. Right. If it's beyond two weeks, then it's something that needs to be um, considered and taken into consideration, seeing a primary doctor, mm-hmm. either their OBGYN and then their OBGYN can refer them to a therapist or a psychiatrist right. or both. Um, I think for families, it is important for the families to listen to mm-hmm. to the mother, right, uh, and um, and to pay attention to them and mm-hmm. to give a lot of support, right, right. Uh, you know, kind of sharing the responsibilities in the house, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and also what do women can do? For example, at night if the baby is not a a good sleeper, but if they sleep during the day, women should try to take naps during the day to help right. them. Sleeping is like a a vitamin yeah yeah it's it's like a a form of medicine really Mm -hmm. um it's important um one of the things that you mentioned was like the screening and how women sometimes are afraid to be honest about those screenings because as a pediatrician we also screen postpartum um and i feel a lot of times the moms are just like brushing off those questions and yeah everything is fine and you know i always try to check up on them but um, definitely, I, I agree with the cultural, like being Latinas. We are almost, you know, we, we are trained to take care of everything at home and even with our partners. And you're almost sometimes made to feel a little guilty if you can't do all of those things because it's like your mom did it, your grandmother did it. Um, and so why can't you handle that? And that's one of the things that... I wish um, 
we could actually change in the culture because a lot of a lot of my patients are latinas and i feel like they feel this pressure all the time or even if they do try to discuss it with their mothers or their aunts it it's almost as if it is kind of like oh don't be lazy like this is what you need to do because you need to handle it all and then you feel worse in that way because sometimes you are trying to reach out but you're not getting um the support that you needed from them so I do think it's important to have really good communication with your partner. Maybe if you're listening to this before the baby comes, come up with a plan because once that baby's here, sometimes it's a little hard to do it, but come up with a plan of how you're going to tackle that transition when the baby's not sleeping at nighttime and feedings have to be done, especially if you're breastfeeding because at night it is easier to just put the baby to the breast instead of pumping or you know giving the bottle. Um, and if your partner is working at that time, you know, you want a lot, you want to allow them to have the rest that they need as well. But I think coming up with some sort of plan for everyone to get a little bit of rest is important. And knowing that your partner is supportive during this time period is super important. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wish that people had really good, honest conversations about that before the baby comes so that maybe it would make that transition period a little easier for the mothers. Um, but also uh, having that conversation also opens the doors to family members or mm-hmm. the partner to mm-hmm. be aware of what the symptoms are so that yes. way they can recognize it yeah. and say, well, you know, let's go and get help. Yes. Because encouraging the woman to get help is very important because sometimes, like we said, as Latinas, we want to do everything mm-hmm. and we don't want to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, encouraging the family to, I think as women, we also have to make sure that we ask for help. Yes. And be, like you said, before the baby comes, maybe tell the, the partner, you know, if I feel this way, if you notice this, can you please help me? Right. Ask for help. There is no right. shame for asking for help. Right. We, we teach our, our kids. Yeah. Uh, when you go to school, if you don't know something, please ask the teacher. Right. And then we don't do it. <laughs> right. We don't. We don't do it for ourselves. Yeah. That happens too often. Yes. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Well, Aura, is there anything else that you would like to share? Um, well, I think it is important for anybody listening to to this um, that if they are feeling suicidal or they feel hopeless and helpless that there is help for them mm-hmm. and there is a national suicide prevention line that they can call is 1-800-273-8255 and it's free and confidential and they can call usually also the towns where they live they usually they can call 911 and they can mm-hmm. refer them to a crisis intervention but there is a lot of help mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you said if there is anything, when I went to medical school, I wanted to be an OBGYN mm-hmm. initially. And then <laughs> so when did I. I. Yeah, and then, and then yeah. when I started doing my rotations, I went and I did psychiatry. And the patient that I honestly remember that made me feel like psychiatry was the field I wanted to go, mm-hmm. was a patient that I saw in an inpatient unit with postpartum psychosis oh wow and then after a week of treatment the patient was unquote normal yeah and I was so amazed to see how um, we can go from one stage of behaving and um, being to another in such a 
short period of time. So mm-hmm. there is help. Mm-hmm. The medications help. Mm-hmm. So please uh, reach out and, um, and, and look for help. Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much, Aura, for joining me and being so gracious to do this podcast with me. I know how many mothers are going to benefit from this. And this is such an important topic. I am happy that we we were able to discuss it today. Um, But again, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. And if anyone would like to have more information from Dr. Aura Ardon, I will be more than happy to connect you with her. Uh, Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. To listen to more podcasts, please visit us at drdavinalopez.com and follow us on Instagram at drdavinalopez. Thank you for listening. Please keep in mind that all advice given in this podcast is general information. To understand your specific situation, you must consult with your pediatrician.